The views depicted in this material are for information purposes only and are not necessarily those of Satera Advisor Networks, LLC. They should not be considered specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Neither Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, nor any of its representatives may give legal or tax advice. Hello, it's great to see you again, and welcome back to another installment of Wealth Insights with Mitch Silberman. I'm your host, Ryan Ruff. We've got the star of the show in Mr. Mitch Silberman of Silberman Wealth Strategies standing by. He'll be joining me momentarily. But look, first and foremost, we want to thank you, our audience, for finding your way back here to the show. This is episode two. If you did miss episode one, and maybe this is your first time joining us, I would recommend traveling back. Check out our first episode for a few reasons. Not only do we you know, have a great you know, complex wealth management related discussion uh, with Mitch on his discovery process and how he goes about his interactions with clients. But additionally, we peel back the curtain. You get to learn a little bit about Mitch's backstory and really what made him want to be a wealth manager in the first place. It's a great story, and I would highly recommend you circling back to check that one out. But today, we've got a different topic lined up for you today, and I do really like today's topic. Today, we're getting into what makes a good wealth manager a great one. So, Of course, Mitch, in his experience, 28 years worth of experience in the wealth management sector, he's obviously been, you know, exposed to a lot of different wealth managers and wealth management related strategies along the way. So today we're going to dive into what separates the good from the great. And of course, you know, how Mitch is going about implementing some of those great strategies at Silverman Wealth Strategies as a whole. So with that being said, let's go ahead and bring Mitch out to get the conversation rolling today. Mitch, how's it going? Great to see you again. Always great to be with you, Ryan, and our wonderful audience. Yeah, excited for today's episode, to say the least. I really like this topic because I know we spent some time talking about you and your business as a whole in our first episode, but today we get to peel back that curtain even more and really get into what makes a good wealth manager a great one. So, Mitch, to kind of get our conversation rolling today, you know, I think it's... It goes almost without being said that when you look at affluent families or business owners as a whole, they obviously want to be working with the top wealth managers that they have access to, and they do have access to them. You know, they want to work with those top financial professionals that have all of that financial acumen, you know, at their disposal. But we're seeing today that sometimes that's just not enough. So my first question to you is why? Why is that not enough? And why should you know, affluent families, affluent business owners be demanding more from the advisor that they ultimately choose to work with? It's a really important question, Ryan. There are many wonderful people in my profession. Uh, there, there really are. They have the technical skills. Uh, they want to do what's best for the client and they know what they're doing. So the key is really chemistry. Um, in our practice, it's very client centric, meaning it's all about the client. Um, Whatever is best for the client is the course of action that has to happen. And it's not so much, hey, here's the, uh, think of it this way. Imagine walking into a wonderful doctor's office. He's honest. He's, he's competent. And the moment you walk in, he says, hmm, take this medicine. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't you want to check me out first? So prescription without diagnosis is malpractice. Same in our field. So what makes what I believe wealth managers great is you get to know each other if they want to know about me, that's fine. Glad to share my story. But this is all about them, their goals, their dreams, what keeps them up at night, where they came from, where they're going. How can we best get them there with peace of mind every step of the way? Everything has got to be about what's their best interest, what what will help them live an amazing life of excellence, then bringing in the tools and the experts to collaborate together to make that happen on their behalf. 
Absolutely. And Mitch, you and I, we talked a little bit about this in our first episode in that discovery process and sitting down and really getting to the heart of your client's goals. Would you say this is essentially that that missing link that really does separate the good from the great wealth managers? Yeah, there's been a lot of research, Ryan, that points that when when someone leaves a financial advisor or a wealth manager, I mean, as a side note, you know, the very bottom, the very basic is an investment advisor, and that's great. Above that is a financial planner, which is great. And really above that is wealth management, which is really bringing it all together. It's, it's a higher level of service. And what the research shows is that when someone leaves their financial professional, rarely, if ever, is it because of performance or fees. It's because they don't understand me. They don't respond to my questions in time. They don't answer my emails promptly. Uh, I don't think they get me. I mean, it's those people mm -hmm. skills, the soft skills that are so crucial in making everything happen correctly on their behalf. You know, Mitch, in this this realm, we hear the term thrown around, the human element. And I think we even discussed yeah. that last time on our discovery process sure. conversation. So when we talk about the human element in this this kind of wealth management related field, take me a little deeper. What, it, what does this mean, this human element? Well, I will share with you one of the most profound compliments I ever got from, thankfully, several of my clients. After we worked together for quite some time, they have said to me, they don't even know each other, you know, Mitch? I feel like the weight of the world has been lifted off my shoulders because I know you and your team are looking out for me and my family. And I'm going to go out and I'm going to travel. I'm going to live my life. I'm going to be the best husband, the best wife, the best mom, the best dad, the best business owner. It's, it's a weight lifted off their shoulder because they, you know, you can delegate certain things. I mean, wouldn't it be great if you could pay someone else to exercise for you and you got all the benefits, right? You can't delegate that, but you can delegate wealth management as long as you have the right team. And the way I look at it is think of an athlete, think of a world-class athlete. I don't care who, who you admire. Chances are they probably don't understand the full complexities of wealth management, of, of building and maintaining wealth, passing it on to heirs and, sure. and uh, causes they care about, uh, protecting it so it's not unjustly taken away from, from them via taxes or other means. They're, this world-class athlete probably doesn't understand all this stuff and that's okay. The key is they need to find a key team of advisors who does understand them, their world, their dream, their goals. And then what happens is this athlete checks in periodically to make sure it's on top of everything's going the way it's supposed to. And they go back to being the best athlete in the world. That athlete can only be served by someone they trust, they know that they share values, understand their values, and is really going to bat for them and looking out for their best interests at all times. Mitch, I love that example because, you know, that's from essentially the client's perspective, that that given Correct. athlete. Let's flip over to your perspective on the wealth management side here. Why mm -hmm. is it that you believe as a wealth manager, especially when looking at, all, you know, different wealth managers out there and the way that they approach their dealings with clients? Why do you believe as the wealth manager that incorporating this level of connection on a human mm -hmm. level, that human element, why do you believe from your shoes is it so important on your end? You know, Ryan, I learned a long time ago that people don't generally quit organizations, they leave relationships. Hmm. And so if you do the research or actually ask your friends, you know, if they had a great financial advisor and if they said yes, and if they find that you're not with them anymore, you could say, but you said they were a great financial advisor and they might respond with, yeah, but they didn't make me feel important. They don't understand my, you know, my goals, my dreams, my family situation. They they were very technically competent. In fact, I even trusted them. There was no reason not to trust them, but I don't think they got me. And if you think about it, money is just pieces of paper with dead presidents on it. So it's really 
what do you want your money to do for you and your family while you're alive? And what do you want your money to do for you and your family once you're gone? Whoever you work with has got to fully understand that it's not about them and their tools and their investments and their technical competency. It's about you. It's about them. And that's why when, when, when we work with clients, there's more hugs than handshakes. I mean, even in a virtual <laughs> world, uh, we love to meet in person. And so that when, when they leave, they tend to leave very happy and fulfilled and knowing that they have a caring team who has their best interests at heart. Sure. And, and that level of, of the human element and, and is obviously paramount throughout the duration of your relationship with a given client, because as we've discussed earlier, you know, your finances, the world as a whole, your business, all of this is ever changing. So, so constantly staying on top of it, maintaining that relationship on that human level is vitally important. But I want to, I want to start from the beginning really mm -hmm. of your relationship with clients. Walk me through how it is that you weave that human element into that first conversation when, you know, that first discovery process meeting, that first mm -hmm. consultation, walk me through how you weave that into, into, into play really. Well, uh, I'm going to give you a funny analogy of what we don't do. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> once upon a time when we were single. Imagine you're on your very first date and you sit down. You know, you're the client and, I, and I'm, the, I'm, I'm your date. Mm -hmm. And we sit down and I say, you know, I'm so glad you're here. I'd like to tell you all about me. And I drone <laughs> on and on and on about my background, my degrees, my skills, my knowledge. At some point, you're going to look at your watch and say, date's up. Like, this is not a good date. Okay. <laughs> right. So... What I understand is that uh, it, to me, it's an honor. It's one of the reasons I'm put on this planet is to help people live an amazing life of significance so that we can you know, help them in their financial world. So when we sit down with people for the very first time, it's all about them. And I will jump right in and talk about why I'm so glad they're here. Obviously, they take their financial future very seriously. They wouldn't be here. And I want to know about them, their family, their background. I actually have a list of questions. Um, just like a doctor would. I'm, I'm a money doctor, if you will. So my <laughs> question really goes through, you know, how did you get here? How did you get in your current profession? Tell me about things that happened to you when you were growing up that impacted you financially. Tell me what you're teaching your children about money and finances. Um, are there any significant things that have happened in your background that would help me design a better financial future for you? So after we talk about them and their goals and their dreams, um, then we talk about, okay, well, let's talk about the investments you currently have. Those come second. And then, of course, at the very end, I'll explain my process and my background. Sure. So during this discovery process, Mitch, and this is just a quick follow-up question, uh, you know, do you mm -hmm. ever go through that process and find that no problems or really holes in the foundation of their existing wealth plan uh, exist? You know, is, is um, everything ship-shaped? Do you ever find that to be the case? Rarely. It does occur. Sure. Um, I'm blessed. I'm at a point in my career where I'm not desperate to work with new clients. So on the occasion when someone comes in and I say, you know, you're in great shape. You don't need my help. I'll tell them. And then again, we did a good deed. They live, they leave feeling really good. And I leave feeling like they're in good hands. They don't need me, but that's pretty rare. Usually there's, I think of things that they haven't covered, or this is a biggie, Ryan. A real biggie is when is the last time your wealth manager, your CPA, your attorney, your property and casualty professional all collaborated on your behalf? And that's usually mm -hmm. the biggie. And they say, uh, never. And I said, that's not okay. If, if you've got $10,000 to invest, you and I can discuss that alone. But when there's a lot more commas and or zeros involved, you got to get everyone on the same page. It's so crucial. So that's usually a gap that I will find. 
Sure, sure. And, and as we mentioned at the top of our conversation, Mitch, how you know affluent families and business owners they want to work with financial professionals that have the highest level of financial acumen. You know, the degrees on degrees. Well. It seems like when we're talking about this human element, that's a more difficult thing to size up if you're a client. You know, when you're when you're picking out what wealth manager you want to work with, you know, mm -hmm. sure you can you can weigh degrees against degrees, acumen against acumen, but but how is it that somebody should assess whether a wealth manager really truly cares about the human element and really does implement it in their practices? How do they go about knowing whether or not that's a thing in this individual's practice? Ryan, I, I have learned that people judge you by the quality of the questions you ask. Mm -hmm. So if, if someone came into me and I said, I'm so glad you're here. I want to show you some great investments we have. They would probably proceed and say, okay, you know, he's, he's an investment advisor or registered independent, you know, registered investment advisor and, and he's a financial planner, wealth manager. So it makes sense. That's the wrong thing. So I think one of the best ways they can assess is if they say to themselves, wow, no one's ever asked me these questions before. No one's ever you're a financial advisor, but you're asking me about property and casualty. You're asking me about estate planning. You're, you're talking to me about, about protecting my family. Um, so I think one of the things they should look at is, is my current wealth advisor asking me about my whole world or is it just more myopic about the investment? So furthermore, not just having a, a view of the entire person, but also their background where they're from, where they're going, who else is important in their life that they want to take care of. This is all part of the human element and the big picture beyond, hey, I have a great investment for you. Sure, absolutely. I'd love to now kind of flip the script on you. Let's play a little game of hypotheticals here. Okay. If you're an investor or a client rather than the advisor that you are, what would you want to see? You know, if you're, what would give you really the confidence to know that, hey, this advisor right here, this is a guy or a gal that I, I want to work with? Right. Well, I don't have to search far. I'll give you a real life example. <laughs> uh, my wife and I, um, we've been blessed. We've done well in life, you know, and we needed a, a high end property and casualty professional. And we found one and the guy was great, you know, and he got us great policies and then he just disappeared. I don't mean literally as in, you know, wanted by the FBI, but I mean, he just disappeared. <laughs> and um, my wife was like, he doesn't care about us. He just doesn't care about us. And then Whenever we reached out, he never responded. Someone from his staff did. No one told us that he was going to drop us like a hot potato. And uh, the interesting part was after a few years of this, my wife said, I've had enough. I want to switch agents or I want to switch policies. And every agent we brought in said, this is a great policy. Boy, you, got, you did great. And she still wanted to leave. So that's one thing. It's the old saying, people don't care how much you know until you know how much you care. If I was the client... I'll tell you a key question I would ask is you're, you're obviously a veteran financial advisor. Uh, how many clients do you have? And the reason I would want to know that actually, I told this to my wife, if, if I'm out of the picture for some reason, I get hit by a bus. One of the first questions I want you to ask this new financial advisor is how many clients do you have? Because I have found a typical financial advisor has 600 to a thousand clients and that's fine. You know, we work with less than a hundred. Because we cannot give personalized attention in a boutique lifestyle firm to hundreds, if not thousands of clients. So people want to know, you really care about me. So if I meet an investment advisor and I say, yeah, the guy's good, but I don't think he cares about me or he mm -hmm. cares about my assets, not me. I don't want to work with him or her. 
I, I think that's a really important note to mention that is that that client number, because it can it can reveal some things about a, a given wealth manager. And, and that's interesting to hear you hear it from you know your perspective. So I want to I want to switch gears then in, in hearing your perspective, you mm-hmm. know, walk me through then if you were to sit down with a, that wealth manager and go through the same discovery process that you like to have for your clients, you know, how would you want to see this human element, this topic of conversation that we're, we're diving into today? How would you want to see that human el- on display in going through a discovery process with your wealth manager? Well, I, I would like to think that this person makes great eye contact with my wife and me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a, uh, that's a big one. Um, I've heard hasn't happened to me, thankfully, where, uh, a, a client said to a very high-end financial advisor, my wife and I met with you yesterday and we're not going to work with you. And the financial advisor, who's one of the best, said, why? He says, because you never even looked at my wife. Now, that may not be entirely accurate, but that was the perception. So mm-hmm. if I was sitting down, I want to make sure that this financial advisor, this wealth manager, realizes my wife is, is half the bargain. It's not just me. Okay, so that's a really big deal. I'd also want to know, um, are they independent? I'm, I'm very highly biased and working with independent people. I'm an independent business owner. I pay my mm-hmm. staff. I buy my furniture. I pay my rent. I don't have a sales manager. I don't have a quota. I don't have any um, things that I'm required or you know asked to push. I work mm-hmm. for the client, so I get to be loyal to the client. Um, I also want to know if I, when I'm sitting with this person, like they really cared about me. They're, they're, they have a quiet confidence that they would like to work with me, but they're not desperate to work with me. And that, that's kind of how I feel, Ryan, that if, if a client does not work with me, it won't change my life. But if I work with the right client, my team and I have the ability to change their lives. And that's really important. I love that. And, and one thing, just a quick caveat, not only for you, but just for our audience is, is this is a really foundational conversation here. You know, in future episodes, you and I are going to be addressing, you know, specific, complex wealth management strategies as a whole. But we're really kind of laying a foundation here for our audience to let them know that working with the right professional, a great one, not just a good one, is really the beginning of it all. I mean, that's what, you know, we certainly don't, it's not a chicken before the egg kind of situation. We want to make sure that the foundation is there before we start talking strategies, you know, based on certain situations. So I love that we've had this conversation today and and Mitch, to kind of bring everything to a head here, is there anything else that you want to share with our audience in regards to delivering on this promise of incorporating the human element in and really making the client feel like not only are they heard, but their, their values, their, their goals in life, what they want their money to do is really internalized by you and your team. Anything else you want to share with our audience in this regard? Yeah, I would mention that uh, anyone who's been in the business for quite some time, 10, 15, 20 plus years, they're probably doing the big things right. Uh, Otherwise, they probably still wouldn't be in business. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's the little things that make a difference. I've always felt that little things make a big difference. So you can tell, I've always trained my staff that, uh, for example, kind of silly, but let's say I had a, a dead flowers or dying flowers in my office and a client came in and uh, had a great meeting and they left and they said subconsciously, I don't know. I don't know if I want to work with this guy. And they, they can't put their finger on it, but subconsciously, if I can't take care of those flowers, how am I going to take care of their money? So <laughs> it's really the little things. Like So for example, we send handwritten birthday cards to our clients. Well, a lot of our clients have younger children. Unfortunately, a lot of younger children don't read cursive. So we literally will make out the birthday card in, in without not cursive, just standard writing so the kid can read it. 
So we want to go out of our way to do the little things right. And it's also picking investments and strategies that work with that client's values and goals and risk tolerance and time horizon. It's really paying attention. You know, one of my philosophies is, you know, everyone pays attention or dearly. So mm -hmm. it's the little things that can make a huge difference. Mitch, I, I absolutely love that. It, it is the little things, especially when we're talking about the human element, which is such an important value that, you know, like like the whole conversation today says, it's what the great wealth managers do, not just the good ones. So Mitch, really appreciate your time today. Really appreciate you sharing some of your knowledge on this topic. And hey, I'm already looking forward to the next conversation with you. Me as well. Thank you, Ryan. And look, we want to take a moment to thank you, our audience, for joining us here on the episode today. If you liked what you saw, you liked what you heard, please feel free to comment, subscribe, share this information with friends and family. At the end of the day, these are wealth insights from Mitch's 28 years worth of experience. And we want to make sure that, you know, we're giving you those strategies to put you on the path to living an amazing life of significance. So for Mitch Silberman, I'm Ryan Ruff saying so long. And we thank you so much for joining us on today's edition of Wealth Insights. Registered Principal of and Securities and Advisory Services through Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, doing insurance in CA as CFGAN Insurance Agency, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC, a broker dealer and registered investment advisor. Advisory Services also offered through Silberman Well Strategies Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Satera is under separate ownership from any other named entity. CA Insurance License Number OB. 24856. Registered branch address 2945 Townsgate Road, Suite 200 in Westlake Village, California, 91361.